What's up, everybody? This is Esoteric Eddie. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast version of Esoteric Eddie TV. I hope you enjoy this episode. Peace. There was a scientist from Mexico who was on the threshold of producing real results of telepathy and also changing the way we viewed the fundamentals of reality and consciousness. This was all before he mysteriously disappeared in 1994 before his biggest experiment yet. This scientist was Jacobo Grinberg. Chapter 1. Early Life and Education Jacobo Grinberg was born in Mexico City, Mexico on December 12, 1946. He was interested in the metaphysical at an early age. After his mom died of a brain tumor when he was 12 years old, he decided to study the human mind. He studied psychology at the National University of Mexico. Afterwards, in 1970, he traveled to the United States where he received his doctorate in New York. Earning his Ph.D. at the E. Roy John Laboratory, Grinberg's work focused on the electrophysiological effects of geometric stimuli on the human brain. He would later open up his own laboratory in Mexico at the Universidad Anahuac and another at the UNAM. Grinberg also founded the Instituto Nacional para el Estudio de la Conciencia the National Institute for the Study of Consciousness. He studied Mexican shamanism, Eastern religions, meditation, astrology, telepathy, and more subjects involved in the growing field of New Ageism, all of which he would study through the lens of the scientific method. Grinberg wanted to bring academic veracity to the spiritual and mystical practices of the old world. He wanted to utilize his secular education to bring awareness and respect to those practices. It was his mission to show proof that these various methods of healing and extrasensible abilities such as telepathy were practical and could work. He wrote more than 50 books about these subjects. Grinberg was interested in consciousness and the illusion of reality. Chapter 2. His Works, Theories, and Thoughts According to Ida Cular, director of a recent film about Grinberg, Grinberg proposed that consciousness is not a product of brain activity, but that we are recipients of a general consciousness to which we connect as if it were to simplify as an internet for all. Grinberg traveled across Mexico to study local shamans, observing and annotating their amazing rituals. He spent intimate time with them, trying to understand and build connections with their practices to his scientific studies. With his background in studying brain activity, he used EEGs to record data from his various experiments in telepathy and other mystical abilities. He published various papers in a still-functioning and highly respected peer-reviewed journal titled Physics Essays. In these papers, he presented his results of these mystical experiments. In one paper, published in 1994, titled The Einstein-Podolsky-Rosen Paradox in the Brain, The Transferred Potential, Grinberg details that he had two people meditate together for 20 minutes. During this meditation, they were asked to feel each other's presence in order to build a cohesive energy entanglement known in the paper as a phase coherence. After this, they were then separated into two different rooms, which were protected from electromagnetic energies. 
One person was then stimulated with a series of flashes to forcibly produce stimulus in the brain. At this exact time, the other test subject's brain produced the exact same stimulus in the brain as if it were being affected in the same way. This ability is what Grinberg called transferred potential, a rudimentary form of telepathy. It was a seemingly small result, but as the name implied, the potential was immense. Grinberg also noted that the distance between the two subjects in which the post-stimulus was activated did not weaken the signal or transference, meaning that it wasn't shared particles or entangled energetic brainwaves that caused the connection, but something underlying the fabric of reality, something that could be faster than the speed of light. This underlying internet is what Jacobo called quantum non-locality, or the pre-space structure, also called by him as the holographic non-local lattice. Our reality consists of the illusory space-time matrix where seemingly physical objects are perceived to be moving through time. In actuality, it's a simulation played out by our consciousness through our brains. The veiled actuality where the computations of reality are made, where infinity resides, exist in Grinberg's pre-space structure. When mystics meditate and connect with the source, they are tapping into the pre-space structure where time and space do not exist. Therefore, if two people's consciousnesses are entangled therein, that connection can be used as a quantum non-local medium for telepathic communication. Grinberg explains this in his own words as follows. In other words, the phenomenon we are dealing with is the action of non-local collapse of the wave function of a unified system and not the result of a transmission using local signals from one brain to the other. As just briefly explained, the nature of reality is illusory. This too was spoken on by Grinberg. In his paper titled Brain-to-Brain -brain Interactions and the Interpretation of Reality, he states that Reality is perceived as a result of a decodification performed by the brain upon the pre-space structure and as such it involves an interpretation performed by the brain-mind apparatus. Jacobo believed that reality is a simulation projected by a collective consciousness. Each individual taps into the game of this reality and accepts its rules, perceiving the normality of it through the stimuli of the mind. However, Jacobo thought that reality could be modified through the understanding of this fact. If one was to hack reality through the source code or pre-space structure, then reality could be manipulated, as is stated here. The perception of the existence of an exterior realm is also an interpretation. If this interpretation is modified, the difference between exterior and interior might be dissolved. The interpretation of reality is a collective endeavor. We have shown that brain-to-brain -brain interactions exist, so whatever is experienced by a human being is influenced by the activity of other beings with whom an interaction has happened. Grinberg taught us that the interaction between the brain and the pre-space structure or source is what he called the neuronal field, a sort of invisible electromagnetic conduit that keeps us sentient in reality because of our true self existing in the source, which also allows us to interact and maneuver in this reality as the source projects it. In essence, the neuronal field is like a VR headset which allows us to toggle between real life and the virtual world. His explanation of the pre-space structure is fascinating as is reflected here. 
The pre-space structure is a holographic, non-local lattice that has as a basic characteristic the attribute of consciousness. The neuronal field distorts this lattice and activates a partial interpretation of it that is perceived as an image. Only when the brain-mind system is free from interpretations do the neuronal field and the pre-space structure become identical. In this situation, the perception of reality is unitary, without ego and with a lack of any duality. In this situation, pure consciousness and a feeling of an all-embracing unity and luminosity is perceived. All the systems that spiritual leaders have developed in order to transcend interpretations have had the goal of arriving at this direct perception of the pure pre-space structure. Grinberg's thoughts, philosophies, and experiments were all encompassed into the pinnacle of his work known as his Syntergic Theory. In a paper titled, Human Communication and the Electrophysiological Activity of the Brain, written and published by himself and his colleagues, the theory reiterates what I've already gone over. The Syntergic Theory claims that there is an Internet of Consciousness which the individual utilizes to interface into the collective reality similar to a personal computer utilizing the internet to interface onto social platforms. However, the syntergic theory takes this concept a step further and states that because there is a hyperfield or source consciousness, certain practitioners or people with naturally gifted intuitions can tap into the source and affect reality or pull information from the source. And because we are all tapped into the same mainframe, we can interact through the mainframe and bypass this simulated reality through what we would call telepathy. A more harrowing revelation from his syntergic theory is that each person is a conduit for the hyperfield and therefore could be used to infect or infiltrate it with a desired reality, as is stated here. Each neuronal field is affected by the hyperfield, and thus whatever happens to any human being has repercussions on the state of everyone else. This is not a revelation that was spoken on by Grinberg, but one that I've expanded on through his studies. If the collective reality exists because we are all conforming to its space-time rules, then anyone who has an invested and profitable share of the entirety of it needs the mass to conform in order for the mundane reality to be sustained. If groups of people were to awaken and shift their paradigm, then the rulers of the reality could simply affect the masses as individual conduits to reinstate the status quo. What the mass thinks gets pushed into the source and fed back into the simulation, creating a feedback loop of illusion. Grinberg was a practical scientist with a special interest and devotion to the metaphysical sciences like telepathy and consciousness, which his colleagues saw as silly. He studied the physiology of learning and memory, visual perception, and physiological psychology. Pairing this with his studies in the works of the shamans, he began to understand the nature of the mind and reality in a deeper way. He found that in his experiments with the two subjects meditating together, their individual brain waves would merge into one coherent wave. This phenomenon was deeply studied by our own CIA and documented in the declassified essay Project Gateway. This essay was a summation of the CIA's investigation into the works of Robert Monroe, who also realized that when the two hemispheres of our brain harmonize in synchronization, then some amazing altered states of consciousness could be achieved. If you'd like to know more about this, 
check out my documentary on the subject. Chapter 3. Pachita. During Grinberg's travels throughout Mexico, he met the mystic who would significantly change the course of his life and work. In 1977, Grinberg's path was destined to cross with Barbara Guerrero, the shaman known as Pachita. She was born in the town of Parral, Chihuahua, around 1900. Since she was a young girl, her life was filled with mystical experiences. By the age of 10, she was hearing voices and seeing apparitions. Around that time, she also developed an ability to heal people through energy. She would fall into trances and would be overtaken by the spirit she called El Hermanito, the little brother. She would later correlate this spirit with the figure of Cuauhtémoc, the last emperor of the Aztecs and nephew of Montezuma. During her trance state, she would heal people, foretell the future, and would speak foreign languages. As her popularity grew, she found a life in business as a spiritual healer. She moved from Parral to Mexico City into a building known as the House of the Witches. It was a famous building, which still stands today in the Plaza Rio de Janeiro area, known for its paranormal activity. It was in this building that Pachita would live out her last days and pass away in in 1979. Spending significant time with Grinberg, she amazed him with many stories and unbelievable acts of spiritual healing. She stated that before going into a trance, she would set up her ritual necessities, close her eyes, and meditate until she heard a buzzing sound. It was this buzzing sound that would be the indicator that she was about to transition. She would then allow the feeling and sound to take over her being as she fell into another dimension or state of consciousness, which allowed her to perform the healing. Many of her alleged healings involved performing quick surgeries in which she would replace diseased organs with brand new ones that she manifested from the ether. Famous researcher at the time, Andrea Puarich, who studied medical and parapsychological subjects, once underwent a surgery by Pachita. Being skeptical, he allowed her to attempt to cure an illness in his ears that was developing, causing a loss of hearing. He recorded the events in his own words, stating, I was not hypnotized before the operation, nor was any medication given. I laid down on the table. Holding the knife in her right hand, Pachita quickly inserted three inches of the knife into the right ear canal. The forefinger of her left hand guided the blade in. The pain was acute, yet I did not scream or try to avoid the knife, even though it felt as if the tip of the blade had penetrated the eardrum. As soon as the knife was withdrawn, however, the pain stopped. He went on to say that about a week later after the operation, following a few days of intense ringing in his ears, that the noises decreased gradually and by the eighth day after the operation had ceased altogether. In fact, my hearing was now so acute that I suffered painfully from hyperacusis, which is the abnormally increased power of hearing. This condition lasted for about two weeks. One month after the operation, my hearing was completely back to normal. The knife Pachita used was a special tool that she used for pretty much all of her healings. Spiritual author Carla Rukart wrote about this special knife of Pachita's in her book, The Law of One, Book One. The knife was an old 5-inch worn-out hunting knife. Rukart also trusted Pachita with an operation on her kidneys. In her book, she states that she was lying on her back when her colleague saw the knife disappear into her back about four inches before Pachita slid the knife up and down Rukart's back, healing her kidney. 
It was common for Pachita to perform up to 8 to 10 operations a day until her final years in her late 70s. She performed all of her operations without any anesthesia, hypnotization, or special medical equipment. She relied on her trance-like state, spiritual powers, and sometimes her special knife. Along with those mediums, she also had an extensive knowledge of natural herbs and medicines. At times, she would use the patient's specific religious beliefs in the process to help appeal to their mind and allow the healing to be received. American journalist Sam Cunones wrote about Grinberg's fascination with Pachita in a 1997 article titled, Looking for Dr. Grinberg. Of Grinberg and Pachita, Cunones stated, According to Grinberg, Pachita performed successful surgery without anesthesia using a mountain knife. She replaced diseased organs with others that appeared out of thin air. Grinberg spent several months watching Pachita's operations and talking and traveling with her. He admitted that his description of her operations sounded like ravings, but he insisted he'd seen them. Grinberg spent several months with Pachita, studying her methods and the psychological power they had on her patients. It was during this time that his views on reality greatly shifted. The time he spent with her influenced his later theories on the pre-space structure. He believed that Pachita was tapping into a dimension outside of our reality, which allowed her to manipulate this one and heal people. Of course, she had her critics who ranged from the skeptics to the outright detractors who believed she was using demonic forces or simply fooling her patients and the world with clever psychological placebo effects. Whatever the case, she was a gem to hundreds of people during her time and an intriguing figure in Mexican history. Chapter 4. His Disappearance Chapter 4. His Disappearance Jacobo Grinberg was a prolific scientist, devoted scholar, honest researcher, and unique mystic. What makes him and his story all the more unique is the fact that he, unfortunately, disappeared at the age of 47 in 1994. With him went his research and possibly more information that could have benefited the world. One of the last experiments he was publicly working on was to take his meditation experiment of transferred potential and expand it globally. He wanted to attempt the same experiment of being able to send telepathic signals between two people and see if he could achieve the same results from Mexico to India. He expressed this in his already mentioned paper, Brain to Brain Interactions. With the help of the Vivekananda Kendra in India, we are planning an experiment that will test the possible existence of the transferred potential between India and Mexico and will permit the measure of the speed of interactions between brains. If the interaction takes place in the pre-space structure, we will not be able to measure any delay between the evoked and the transferred potential, thus showing the existence of non-locality as a characteristic of consciousness. This experiment would have proven his pre-space structure theory and could have led to metaphysical studies on the practicality of telepathy. On December 8, 1994, just a few days before his 48th birthday, Grinberg didn't show up to class to teach, nor was he seen in any of his laboratories. Four days later, on December 12th, he was officially pronounced missing. This shocked the scientific community. There are various theories as to why he went missing. One such theory has to do with his contemporary, Carlos Castaneda. 
Castaneda was a famous American author who, similar to Grinberg, studied with shamans and wrote about his experiences and the wisdom he learned from these elders. He gained a massive following within the New Age movement, which still expands to the new readers of his works to this day. In his article, Looking for Dr. Grinberg for New Age Journal, Sam Cunones wrote about the questionable relationship these two had. Apparently, the police authority heading the investigation of Grinberg's disappearance, Officer Padilla, once pondered if Castaneda had anything to do with the missing scientist. Grinberg noted in some of his works that he was influenced by Castaneda's work with shamans. However, after a series of acquaintances, Grinberg's feelings towards the mystic author negatively shifted. Castaneda invited Grinberg to abandon his scholarly work and join his hippie compound, to which Grinberg declined. Later, they would meet again in Mexico as they spent time together with their loved ones and colleagues. Grinberg is quoted as stating that Castaneda was an egomaniac who cared more about power than truth. Because of Castaneda's cult-like power, some have concluded that he might have had his followers kidnap and kill Grinberg as an act of maniacal jealousy. The only sure piece of information that authorities were able to build from was that Grinberg planned to travel to Tibet towards the end of that year. There were no signs of his departure or arrival in Tibet. He was a family man with a young daughter who would not have just up and left her without any warning. Another intense clue towards his disappearance lay in the actions of his then second wife, Teresa Mendoza. She was seen pulling money from a bank several days before Grinberg's announced disappearance, took random items from her house, and also informed her and Grinberg's landlord for their apartment in Mexico City that they were terminating their lease, which wasn't due for a few more months. One of Grinberg's close friends, Tony Karam, who was also the president of the Casa Tibet, the Dalai Lama's official cultural center in Mexico, once stated that Grinberg had confided in him about his suspicions about his wife Teresa, stating, I am afraid of Tere. I fear for my life. Jacobo's brother Jerry also noted around that time that Grinberg and Teresa no longer slept in the same bed due to marriage complications. In 1995, Teresa Mendoza Grinberg also disappeared. Teresa was a strange character with a dubious past that some may think she fabricated with a false name and false documents. Some have also concluded that Teresa might have worked for the American intelligence agencies and or the Mexican intelligence agencies to infiltrate Grinberg's life to either steal or destroy the work he was doing. Some have gone to the extreme and questioned whether he was abducted by extraterrestrials. He might have opened a portal to the pre-space structure for all we know. His work, if left to his goals, would have completely eradicated the way we view reality and consciousness. We would have had to rewrite whole academic books on physics because of the work that he did. What made Grinberg dangerous is that he always maintained a humble and positively spiritual basis for his work. It was obvious he wanted to use his knowledge for good to uplift the human condition on this planet. In one of his last papers, titled The Orbitals of Consciousness, A Neurocentergic Approach to the Discrete Levels of Conscious Experience, he surmises that human consciousness has the ability to elevate. Just like in cymatics, wherein grains of sand position themselves into intricate patterns when washed with certain frequencies, so can the human mind or consciousness change its state when its neuronal field vibrates at higher frequencies, as he divulges in this excerpt.
On the other hand, in esoteric psychology, it is said that man has different energetic bodies. These bodies are related to discrete levels of consciousness. Perhaps what is called energetic body is a stable cymatic pattern. If this is so, some masters were able to visualize what is, for the rest of us, invisible cymatic syntergic interactions. Grinberg goes on to say, I believe that man is in a constant state of evolution towards higher syntergic levels of functioning. When a human being identifies himself with the self, he transcends every and all relative and temporal changes in mind activity and becomes part of a kind of unchangeable silence from whence experiences appear and are seen as miraculous happenings standing out from a ground of empty fullness and at the same time forming part of an immense and all-encompassing pattern of relationships. To the question about the individual or collective nature of the central processor, nobody can give a final answer, but intuition feels that the observer in each one of us is the one observer, the self in each one of us the one self, and the central processor in each one of us the one central processor. To conclude, it is possible to postulate that the central processor does not abide in any space, is atemporal, and belongs to a non physical reality and has no shape or form. Grinberg's message was about the unity in all things. The illusion we are placed in plays on division and distraction. Grinberg sought to elevate our consciousness and like Tesla who was studying free energy systems, Grinberg was on the brink of discovering the internet of consciousness in which feelings and imagination could manifest energies to be used to heal and evolve our spiritual bodies. As he also stated, the secret of achieving unification and high syntergic levels of consciousness is total acceptance. Jacobo Grinberg was Mexico's mystical scientist and is the world's lost spiritual genius.